You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wild and wonderful world of streaming teen rom-coms. Oh, I guess, no, we're going to start that one over. You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wild and wonderful world of streaming teen and adult rom-coms. I am one of your uh, co-hosts, co-hosts, Martha Sullivan, young adult librarian and YA lit uh, expert and enjoyer. And I am here, as always, with my other co-host. I'm Marn Hagman, adult services librarian and rom-com enthusiast. And uh, before we dive into our movie today, just want to do a quick little uh, check-in. How are you doing these days with our, our pandemic situation, Maren? You doing okay? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was very happy to have this movie to watch this week. It, it was certainly a, a mood brightener. Um, yeah, no, it, you know, it's kind of weird when you get to the point of, like, into the new routine and I think at some point I've just gotten numb to this is the situation and um yeah so I am I am currently at that point in the the wheelhouse of pandemic emotions um how are you doing Martha I am in used baking soda instead of cornstarch in a recipe and totally ruined dinner one night this week (laughs) mode of quarantine (laughs) Uh, I got the wrong, and I also, I did something similar this week. I got the wrong kind of polenta, so poor Pete had to run out to the store unexpectedly. So, I feel like pandemic brain is real. (laughs) Well, I was, so I was making stir fry, and I, you know, tossed my, tossed the beef with what was supposed to have been cornstarch and garlic powder as like a sauce thickening agent. Oh. Um, I had used baking soda. So I am, you know, tossing my beef and wondering, huh, I wonder if that fizzing noise is normal. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's fine. So I continue, continue cooking. Uh, and then I mix the other like tablespoon of what is supposed to be cornstarch um, is baking soda into the rest of the sauce to toss with the vegetables and the beef. And I don't remember kind of at what point it hit me that I was doing a wrong thing, but I was like, Oh no, this is incorrect. I wonder if this is still salvageable. (laughs) Try a piece of the beef. It was not. I uh, don't know if you know this, but baking soda tastes very bad. <laughs> did it fizz up like a middle school volcano? Um, it kind of did. Mostly it like low, sort of low fizzed, like audibly. But then I, like I said, I don't remember at what point it occurred to me to be like, huh, this box of baking soda is not cornstarch. Oh. But yeah, baking soda, very bitter, not uh and unlike, yeah, because I feel like baking powder is pretty tasteless, but yeah, baking soda definitely has a. Well, I hope you got lovely takeout and we got Culver's. <laughs> Excellent. 
please tell me you got custard. Of course I did. Good. While we were putting our order together, Bill was like, I hope you know that you deserve custard for this. <laughs> and I said, I'm on it. I got Good this. on Bill. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we are going to be talking about the, is this a Hulu original? Uh, I no. think so. I don't know if it, I, I think Hulu has like the original streaming rights to it. Okay. I, I don't know if it was actually produced by Hulu. Got it, got it. Uh, so we are going to be watching the 2019, or we are going to be discussing, we've already watched it, <laughs> uh, the 2019 uh, rom-com Plus One, written and directed by Jeff Chan and Andrew Reimer, and starring Maya Erskine, Jack Quaid, Ed Begley Jr., and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, so this is the story of Ben and Alice, longtime friends, uh, who, after going to a... Uh, dissatisfying wedding for both of them the wedding itself was you know a wedding but you know both of them are single and at this wedding they decide to be each other's plus one through the gauntlet of weddings that they have uh stacked up through the summer i believe it is 10 and all and over the course of attending these weddings together are forced to kind of confront their own personal views on love romance relationships um Ben's dad ends up getting married again. Alice's sister is getting married. So in their immediate families, they have to kind of deal with their feelings about people close to them getting married. Uh, and then by the end of it, they are, uh, they realize that they themselves have uh, fallen in love and decide to make a go of it. Um, there's a speed bump when Ben has cold feet about um, not being 100% sure about his relationship, but in true rom-com fashion, by the end of it, uh, they have uh, reconciled and are proceeding into their future as a couple. You had seen this movie before, correct? Yeah, this is actually my, this was my third time watching this movie. And I will tell you, this one only improved upon rewatch. I have a question for you. Yes. How do you like any of these characters? Really? Oh my gosh. I thought I, they were so charming. I did not find a single endearing character in this entire oh, movie. Oh no. Um, I will admit, with I think. Sole, with the sole exception of Ben's dad. Oh, like Ben's, Ben's dad, dad is the best character by far. Oh no. Uh, I think I do find Ben a little obnoxious, but I. Kind of in an endearing way. Um, but I, I think Alice is... I Okay, and I think in a similar way that you really have a thing for unlikable female heroines, I really have a thing for vulgar female heroines. And one thing I really loved about Alice as a character is she gets to be vulgar. She gets to be messy. She gets to whine. Um tell you I struggled with this about myself because normally all of those things are stuff I'm totally on board for and I really could not tell you why I had such an issue with Alice because oh, like no. on paper on paper I'm in and like I'm glad that she exists as a character I, I don't think I would change anything about her I just it was like there was nothing about either her or Ben that I could kind of connect with hmm. so there was nothing to sort of help me through the fact that they both have very difficult um personality traits um 
Well, and I, will I, say, I will say that it sort of, it fluctuated for me. Like I started the movie kind of annoyed with and bothered by Allison and I ended the movie very annoyed with and bothered by Ben. So it was hmm. sort of a, a trading, a trade off between the two of them. But yeah, I just couldn't get into either of them oh, as, no. my, as my romantic leads. So I think where I, I, I think that a, a kind of vein of this movie that I appreciated is I think the thing that I really appreciate about this movie is that very often in rom-coms, we don't get to actually see the main characters go from being friends to lovers. We often, it's either a meet cute and bam, instantly they're in, they're into each other, or we kind of rise, you know, arrive in the middle and like something has gone on and there's been tension and uh, it, it just seems odd and silly that these two have not made a go of it. Um, and there's oftentimes like superficial issues. So those are like common rom-com tropes. And one thing I really like about this is we really do see Ben and Alice go from like buddies to lovers. And I think part of that is because they are such old and good friends. They allow each other to see the worst of each other. And I think that that's something you only really do around old close friends you know like and and I really I really could understand why these people like who have known each other for so long get to see all of each other's faults like they get to burp and curse and there's a scene where Alice gets like vomitously drunk and Ben holds her head over a bucket like so I think that that maybe that's part of why I kind of give them a pass on us seeing them kind of be hot messes because we're in the circle. Like we're in the circle of people that they would let see each other be hot messes. Um, and then I think we have moments like with um, there's a really great scene where they're in Hawaii and they're talking to some other mutual friends um, who are kind of like, hmm, what's going on here? Like, clearly something is happening. Um, or I think we see them be a little more, like, put together, but also, like, the friends are giving particularly, like, Ben shit about always, like, getting into a relationship already thinking it had failed. Um... And I think the other reason I'm willing to give them some of the benefit of the doubt is we really explicitly see, like, not their, I mean, I guess we could term it trauma, but they're very clear about, like, Ben is very clear about his parents' divorce has made him really wary of getting into a relationship. And Alice has made it very clear that, you know, the fact that her parents have stayed together but are unhappy together you know, has has really made her sad and really made her, like, struggle um, to, you know, be hopeful in relationships. And especially she's just gone through a really big breakup when the movie starts. So we kind of see her initially at pretty much rock bottom. Um, and, and I think that, yeah, that's one reason I'm really willing to not give them a pass, but kind of understand that, like, not only are we seeing 
at least particularly for Alice, like we are literally at the start of the movie seeing her at her rock bottom. But I, I, I think it's also very clear that like we are, we are getting into the inner circle. Like we are getting to see kind of the, the nitty gritty of like these two characters. And I, I think we don't often get to see that in rom-coms. Um, well, so. and that may be, that may be part of my disconnect in that the movie is is pitching Ben and Alice as like, like the movie is pitching the audience in the role of Ben and Alice's inner circle, like you said. And I don't think that either of them are people I would want to hang out with. So oh. I have sort of an issue where it's like, I don't want to be in this inner circle. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know that this would be fun for me. Um, Hmm. So that was kind of rough. And and it really may just come down to neither of them are people that I would enjoy hanging out with, which doesn't make them bad people. Like, I don't think either of them are bad. I just don't think either of them are the kind of person I would gravitate to. And when the, the audience is being positioned in sort of this role of... um like friend or confidant to the characters, that's sort of a hard obstacle to overcome if you're just like, well, but I don't think I would do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see, I thought they were both very endearing. Like, I was like, oh, yep, like, you guys are both, like, late 20s. Almost almost every time Alice opened her mouth, I was like, ugh, really? Oh, Um, see, I was like, you go, girl. Like, she was, I, like I said, I just appreciated, like, how vulgar she was and how... Like, you know, she didn't take any, like, not from Ben, not from anyone else. Um, but it comes across as so, like, defensive. But I think the movie did a good job of, like, balancing, like, she had some moments where she was very brash and defensive, but then she, we do also get to see her have a lot of softer moments. Like, we do get to see her... You know, being, like, with her sister. Like, there's well, a really think- lovely scene at her sister's wedding. Um, so I, I, I appreciate that, like, the movie did kind of... Like, she felt like a very balanced character. Well, and I think that those softer moments are, are when you really start... Because I, I would say that up until those moments with her family and when she kind of starts to soften up in her relationship with Ben that feels way more genuine to me and that was when I started to enjoy her as a character Mm -hmm. all of the other like brashness and crassness felt so put on from her that I was kind of like this doesn't even really feel like it doesn't feel genuine to you it just feels it, it felt very like I'm gonna be one of the guys and that I was kind of, like, over. Yeah, and I I think that, and I oftentimes, too, have a, like, ugh, when, you know, heroines are, are cast as, like, one of the dudes. Um, and I think this movie did struggle with that a little. I think, though, that we got to see her, um, I mean, I think getting to see her relationship with her sister, and I think that, you know, they talked enough about like her friendships with other women that I was willing to be like okay like you are not like we're not just trying to cast you as like not like other girls um and I I think that it didn't 
Like, she's still dressed very femininely. She, like, oh, still... The costuming. the costuming was fabulous. Oh, yeah. I just wanted every... her whole wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, every dress she wore. I think there's... In the this, the wedding where they end up in the pool together, right before the graveyard hookup scene, that pink dress, oh I was like, gosh. put that directly in my closet. My favorite was her dress. Um, actually, the dress that she wore to their breakup scene <laughs> was my personal favorite. But they were all mm-hmm. fabulous. I love that pink dress, too. Although I did think it was hilarious that after, sorry, I've completely interrupted you. No, that's fine. Um, but after they get out of the pool and her dress dries and still has all of those beautifully pressed little plates in the skirt. Oh, yeah. You're like, that would not happen. <laughs> that would just be deflated. <laughs> but um, like I said, it is, it is after, I guess, because I, I felt a disconnect between how she acts in the first half of the movie versus how she acts when we really start to get to know her. And I guess there's an argument to be made that like, as we get to know her, we get to see like who she really is, but also who she is with Ben, I think is who she really is. So I had a, I had a hard time kind of making the connection between those two sides of her character. Like it didn't, it didn't strike me as like, well, she wouldn't need to have her, like, walls come down with Ben because they've been friends for so long. And, like, who she is as his friend is genuine to her as well. It just didn't feel genuine to me. See, and I took that as, I actually really appreciated that. To me, that felt very fleshed out. Um, That we see Alice as someone who does have brashness and who does have vulgarity, but, you know, is also caring and also... Like, it, to me, that just felt like, oh, she's a person who's got, like, a lot of aspects to her. Um, well, yeah, and people are complicated. I guess my objection was that the brashness didn't feel real mm. in the same way that the um, the emotiveness of the later half of the movie felt real. And I don't know if that's a writing problem. I don't know if that's an actress problem. Um, but the, the brash, the, the being brash and vulgarity and stuff that felt like much more of an affectation to me and I was just kind of like why do we even have to do this see and I totally bought it especially because I think that there are still elements of that like even in those scenes where she's being emotionally vulnerable so even in the scene where uh they break up I think we still you know we still get her saying things like I forget what her exact line is, but she still is being, like, very brash and vulgar, even when they're having this, like, incredibly emotional scene, um, and she ends up breaking down, but she still, even in that moment, has moments like, fuck you, like, you coward, um, so I think, I, I bought it, because I think there was enough of that, like, laced through her character, um, like, even in those more, more, more vulnerable moments, um, I do think, I do think that, like, she is at her most dislikable at the beginning of the film, um, just because, like, she is at rock bottom, she's just gone through a break, big breakup, like, the first scene we see her in, she gets, like, really drunk, um, and she's, she's having a tough time, but I think that's purposeful, because later in the movie, we see Ben kind of have, a breakdown after they break up and hit rock bottom and be an absolute tool um, at a wedding he goes to without her. Um, 
So I think that the movie was, you know, trying to kind of chart that ebb and flow. Um, but I mean, I, I think that, yeah, it certainly could have used more of her like softness and endearing scenes earlier on. Well, and I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I'm just saying it didn't work for me. Sure. Sure, that's fair. Like, in in the same way that, like, you're never going to be friends with everybody. There are just going to be people that you don't like. I think that Ben and Alice were just people <laughs> I didn't like. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Ben. Yeah, yeah. Ben is definitely quite the character. Um, yeah. He's that guy who's watched Say Anything too many times. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's trying to be a Lloyd Dobler remix. Oh my god! Oh, I I thought of another character that I liked. Yeah. Um, his friend who he has the conversation with in the latter half of the movie, when he's like, "You and Amanda have never had doubts," and his friend is like, "Are you insane?" <laughs> it's like, yes, tell him. Real people have fights, and like, I feel like we all have this friend who's like, you know, I'm in a nice relationship, but I don't see myself getting married. So. Cl- getting married to them so clearly we have to break up or the person who's like i've met you one time let us be together forever because that is what our pop culture has like bred into us this expectation that if it is quote-unquote meant to be it will always be perfect and you will never have troubles and like successful relationships don't ever have fights and i hate that so much it makes me want to like set my skin on fire well, and I think um, that's one really nice thing with this movie where, you know, Ben really has to get over that. And yes. I think the, the film is very explicit about, oh, yeah. you know, kind of drilling that out of him. Um, no, I definitely think the movie is on my side in that, like, that is not a realistic vision of um, love and marriage and relationships. And, like, sometimes things don't work. And that doesn't mean that you don't try it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like the, the breakup conversation when Alice is like, you know, this is a good thing. And Ben is like, well, I just don't know. I, I thought that was the most affecting scene in the movie. Like oh, I yeah. thought, um, I thought both of the actors did a really good job. Um, I thought it was, you know, very moving um, and also made me want to punch Ben in the face. <laughs> but again, I, I do think the movie wants, that's, that is what the movie is going for. And I think the movie does a really good job of kind of dismantling Ben's really unhealthy vision of what relationships are. Um, and I think that's why his dad's character is so endearing is that you know his dad is kind of the one and as well as that friend you mentioned his dad is really the one who is like dude like just because you're like your mom and I didn't work out but it was great while it lasted and it was a very meaningful relationship and just because we're no longer together doesn't mean it was a failure and um I did kind of want to know more about his second marriage. Though. Yeah, that kind of just got brushed under the rug. So my my take was like, ooh, this is something like really bad. Like this is like something we do not speak of, apparently. Because honestly, as as far as his dad and his dad's 
like serial marriages go. I did also understand where Ben was coming from in that like you are getting married a third time to a woman who is closer to my age than yours. Like that's I felt like maybe the movie wanted to paint that with more rosy colored glasses. Or at least it didn't at least it didn't super want to engage with maybe the complexities of that situation. I mean, I th- yeah, I mean, I think they did at least some surface level acknowledging of like, yeah, this is like she makes me happy. I'm going for it. Like on paper this might not seem great, but you know. And we're, yeah, and we're not led to believe that he's like extremely wealthy or no. like and we're not we're not led to believe anything nefarious about um what's is her name? Gina, I think. Gina, I was going to say Jennifer, but Gina's probably correct. Um so like we're not the the movie doesn't lead us to believe that there is anything untoward or more to the situation than just maybe this time it will work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, could I could have done with Gina being a little older. I I could have. That was a little like oh okay. Well, and does she, she's the one that has the two young children. Right. In the movie. That was also, it was a little hard to not feel for Ben about that, about his dad taking on, um, you know, being a stepdad to two young boys, especially if he was already feeling like his dad had um, abandoned him for a new family after his first marriage. So it just it just felt like there was maybe a little more on the table that could have been explored with that to really, I don't know, convince me is the wrong phrase, but. Um, well, I think, though, I think we do see his dad reaching out to him a lot. Like there's a through line of, you know, Ben doesn't, Ben is kind of working through his own feelings and he doesn't really want to talk to his dad. Um, because he's still angry. Um, so I think, you know, I think the movie does a good job of, you know, his dad is clearly open for these really challenging conversations and, and Ben is the one who is shying away. Um, would have loved to see most of these characters in therapy. Yeah. Would have loved to have seen that. (laughs) I, um, but I think, you know, I think that. They, sorry, not to be, I want to be very clear that I'm not saying these characters could not have used therapy. Um, oh, no, I'm just that, saying. That's a different movie. That's yeah. a different movie. I'm just saying that I, I think though that we do get to see them have, like, especially Ben and his dad, like, we get to see them have some, like, really healthy communication and, like, really healthy, um, not, I don't say like a breakthrough, but I I think we really get to see Ben's dad be like, you know, I'm really sorry that this, like the situation with your mom and I really affected you this way. And, um, you know, I don't want you to keep going forward, like always thinking relationships are doomed to fail. And, I I think that scene is just so lovely, and in the context of that scene, I think that's the funniest scene in the movie. Um, so Ben has just been rejected by Alice when he tries to 
get back together. And so he leaves this wedding he's at and his dad calls him and his dad is at his his dad's bachelor party. And his dad and his dad's friends are high as kites at a golf course. It was incredible. Oh, it was by far the best scene in the movie. And so Ben has to go pick up all these high older dudes um, and get them home. And once he drops off all the other dudes, he and his dad have a really lovely heart to heart. During which his dad is like, what I want is a vegetarian burger. Like, that was my favorite part, too, that he's like, like, can we get drive through (laughs) from Zap Burger? Drive through for this vegetarian burger place. That they make with lasers. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. Um, And yeah. And so I think, you know. And I think what's nice about it, too, is it's not just like, oh, they're having this conversation because his dad's high and his dad is willing to, like, talk. It's like, oh, they're finally getting to have this conversation because Ben has been avoiding this conversation. And, you know, we've been seeing him throughout the movie, like, avoiding texts from his dad, like, only seeing him sporadically. And so, like, now's a moment where his dad's like, all right, we're in the car. We're talking for a while. Like... Let's talk about this <laughs> while I'm high and climbing into the back seat and demanding <laughs> drive-through. <laughs> that was a very realistic portrayal of how I have been. <laughs> it's like if I'm not driving and I am inebriated in your car, there's a good chance I'm asking to stop at that Wendy's. <laughs> Frosties. Oh man. <laughs> So I would like to talk a little bit about the setup of weddings being this like arduous thing that people have to get through as a plot device. Like I I feel like this comes up in rom-coms kind of a lot. The the idea of like, oh, I have to slog through, like, I have to just knuckle down and get through this wedding, or, like, we hit the millennial point when all of our, uh, not millennial, I guess it's not restricted to our generation, but, like, the year when all of your friends get married, and it's like, oh, I can't believe I have to go to all of these weddings. This is not a story I have ever felt any identity for, because I love weddings, (laughs) and Maybe also I'm just a little fatigued by this as, like, a story setup. I think, so one thing I appreciated about this version of that was I think it was pretty clear that, well, I guess less in Ben's case, more in Alice's case. In Alice's case, it was very clear that she didn't want to go to these weddings because they were going to ask her about her ex and that she was going to have to kind of go through the public part of a breakup. Um, and we, we see that happen where she has to tell some very rude people, um, that, you know, she and this guy have broken up. Um, so I think that part made sense to me that, like, why Alice specifically would not want to go to weddings. I think that, um, and I'm, I'm more on your side with this. I've always enjoyed going to weddings. Um, I really can't think of a wedding I did not have fun at um i i just in general do enjoy going to weddings um i can think of exactly one 
but I'm I would rather tell you about it off air. Got it. Actually, <laughs> uh, same, same. We can talk about that off air. <laughs> um, but um, you know, like ninety, I have like a ninety-five percent enjoyment rate at weddings. So, um, I. I'm with you that it is kind of a tired trope. Um, but I do, I guess I understand from the logistical point of like that year or two where you just have to go to weddings all the time. I, I get why people get fatigued um, and it, it becomes, you know, a lot of travel and a lot of um, like your free time. Um so I think that's where it becomes a trope. It is, yeah, not one that I have personally felt. Because, um, yeah, I am almost always, yay, I get to go to a wedding. Um, and well, in and fact, I guess my, my gauntlet wedding year, I think, was six weddings spread out over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as highly concentrated as this. Um, yeah. But- I don't know. I guess I guess because it comes up I and I feel like recently it has really been like kind of done into the ground. So it sort of started as a trope that I was kind of like well I've never really felt this and now it has become a trope where I'm like are we still doing this? Yeah, it's a trope that's gotten gotten used. Um Yeah, I mean I think that yeah, I think that it's one of those, like, the truth of, like, having to go to a ton of weddings and those logistics and that expense and that, um, you know, time out of your free time can can be arduous for some folks. Like, that I, that I think is true. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here being like, Marin, defend your genre. Like, I'm oh, not, no. I'm not trying to put you on the defense here. And part of me is always a little bit like, if you don't want to go then don't go. Right, right. Like, I, as far as I'm concerned, like, if you're not in a wedding and going is going to be a huge ordeal for you, you always have the option of just sending a check. Right. So there, there's always part of me that's like, if it is going to be this much of a struggle for you, then why are you going? But, I, of course, like, for the purposes of a story they have to go so you know there there is that right um yeah yeah i mean i think that i i do hope we we get away from that trope and because yeah like weddings are a privilege to go to and sure i'm sure that there are some where it you know the context maybe makes it as not fun of an event for you. Um, but yeah, like of, of any big events to go to, I would certainly pick weddings. Yeah. I was trying to think the other day of like what is for me, like most of my friends are, are done now. (laughs) Um, and now I think that we're starting to get into like whose whose younger siblings am I good enough friends with? <laughs> that I would make the invite list to that. Um, any other thoughts we have on plus one? Um, I think we've I think we've delved into it. Um, 
yeah, I think that, yeah, I think we've touched on everything I meant to talk about. Um, so Martha, since this was not a movie you enjoyed as much, what would you recommend alternatively? So I have I have a book recommendation that is a little to the left of this subject, but it is so funny. Um, I'm I'm gonna forgive myself for it. It is called The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. It came out last year, and it is about Olive and Ethan, who are the um, maid of honor and best man in Olive's twin sisters twin sister Amy's wedding and they are also the only two people in the entire wedding who do not get horrible food poisoning at the rehearsal dinner oh no which lays out everyone um and leaves Amy and her fiance's all expenses paid honeymoon to Hawaii uh open for someone to <laughs> uh someone to take because she's not getting that deposit back uh so olive and ethan decide to go on this vacation so that it doesn't go to waste and simply tolerate each other um to in order to enjoy the vacation um did i mention that they super hate each other i don't remember if i dropped that I think you bit. mentioned they only tolerate each other. Okay. Well, yeah, they are not each other's favorite people. Um, and then while they're in Hawaii, they run into Olive's uh, soon-to-be uh, boss. And Olive ends up telling a little white lie about why she is in Hawaii and her relationship with Ethan. Uh, and it becomes a, now we have to pretend to be in a relationship. Oh, I love story. the relationship of convenience trope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little bit different uh, than plus one. But yeah, I'm a big fan of the um, enemies to lovers and also boyfriend of convenience uh, story. And this one is also just really great uh, travel porn right now. It takes mm -hmm. place in Hawaii and I would kill to be in Hawaii. Um, and yeah, it's just a very good, fun uh, summer romance. Well, thanks for reminding me about that one. I remember seeing it on our shelves, and I've read a couple other of Christina Lawrence, um, but I have not read that one yet, so I will, I will have to get on that. That sounds very fun. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Sophie Kinsella, and this one reminded me very much of her, kind of like the humor in her stuff. Yes. Oh. I, Sylvie Kinsella was very formative for me. I think I, I think I started reading her books in like middle school. Um, yeah, she's so great. Uh, what would you recommend for our, uh, for our listeners? Um, so my recommendation, uh, for this one is a is a classic, which if you have not seen yet, uh, you should you should just see. Um. And that is the 1994 film Four Weddings and a Funeral, um, which was uh, written by Richard Curtis and directed by Mike Newell um, and is responsible for Hugh Grant's um, rise to fame in the U.S. Um, and it's just a very charming movie about a wacky group of friends um, who go through the titular Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, it is... 
one of those where the romance is by far the weakest part of the film. So I always um, tell folks that really to look at it as a comedy than a rom-com um, because I think Andy McDowell's character is very poorly served. Um, the woman that Hugh Grant has a romance with, um, but they're just kind of the collection of wacky friends going through these weddings together, um, I think has just stood the test of time. Um, and who could not love a movie whose opening sequence is literally two characters screaming for five minutes? Like, you got me right there. Gonna have Pete bleep that one out. Oh, that's right. I forgot we're not doing that one. (laughs) Whoops. That's all right. Pete, I know you got us. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Four Wings and Funeral, it's a classic. If you have not seen it, you should see it. It's pretty great. Well, and I do love Annie McDowell. I do too. And I, I am very sad that her character is so poorly served in this movie. I think that, um, it is such a shame because she is such a, such a great actress. Um, and she, she really deserved better. But everything else about that movie is wonderful. (laughs) Uh, so next time we are going to be uh, bouncing back to a teen-centric story. We are going to be watching The Bling Ring, the 2013 Sofia Coppola based on a true story a movie starring Emma Watson as the ringleader of a group of teens that steal from uh, celebrities and socialites. That is currently streaming on Netflix. I am very excited about it. Um, Until then, uh, you can follow us on social media where we share a feed with our sister show, Did You Do Your Homework? Uh, You can find all of our feeds at DYDYH Podcast, uh, including on Facebook, where if you search for Did You Do Your Homework, you will find um, all of our information there. Uh, Marin, if people wanted to follow you on social media, where would they look? Um, you can find me at a underscore star underscore danced, um, where I tweet a lot about rom-coms and the state of Minnesota and maps and currently a lot more about politics than usual for obvious reasons. Um, so if any of those topics interest you, feel free to give me a follow. Uh, and you can find me at Magical Martha. Um, I recently made the decision to switch all of my accounts to private. So if you want to follow me, you just have to send me a request, uh, which I will probably grant unless you are obviously a bot. <laughs> um, I also sometimes publish a newsletter, uh, which you can find at tinyletter.com forward slash Magical Martha. Um, and I don't think I am forgetting anything, but if I am, I'm sure that Pete will drop it in here at the end because he is a very good editor and producer. Thanks, Pete. That is going to do it for us. We will see you in a couple of weeks. And until then, just remember that we love you. Okay, now I want to hear your wedding story. Okay.